Russell Holly, managing editor of Mobile Nations, this week on the Tech Night How Live. A little bit later, we'll be hearing from the one, the only Peter Cohen, outspoken podcaster and commentator and enthusiast of all things. Lots to talk about this week on the Tech Night How Live. Ah! Russell, we had you on here what about a year or so ago? I think it's been a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot to talk about. A little bit later, I want to get into your mind and talk about the new Samsung Galaxy S9, because we know of all those inevitable comparisons with iPhone 10. But right now, there was a piece I read the other day, and it's something that kind of interests me, and it's called the California Right to Repair Bill, or ACT. They either call it a bill or an ACT, but it's no ACT if they get this thing to be approved. And I'll give you a story, listeners, to give you a background on what this is all about. So, for example, in the early part of 2017, my son Grayson was here from his home in Madrid, Spain. He had an iPhone 5C, and the battery was, shall we say, deteriorated. And so maybe it would hold a charge for, what, five or six hours? So we dropped by the neighborhood Walmart, and here, Walmart's like every other block, and one of them had a concession a mobile notebook repair area. Now, this is not authorized by Apple, obviously. The nearest Apple store is maybe 20, 25 minutes away. At the time, to replace a battery on an iPhone was $79. Now they've got that special deal because of the throttling issue and everything. So I asked them, they said $39 for the iPhone 5C. Now, replacing batteries on a smartphone should really be a no-brainer. It's not that difficult. Millions are replaced, no big deal. Except... Even though we'd save $40 then, that iPhone would not be guaranteed by Apple. That part, that battery may work perfectly fine, but it won't be something that's approved by Apple. It won't be Apple's battery. And therein lies the trouble here. Shouldn't you have the right, Russell Holly, to fix what you want, where you want, without being penalized? Well, I've, it really all depends. I, I am a huge supporter of being able to repair things yourself. I think not being able to open up the technology that is yours and, and do what you want with it is kind of fundamentally against the idea of buying something and owning it. But uh, when it comes to replacing these parts and then expecting additional service from the manufacturer down the road, I'm, I'm frequently reminded of you know third-party uh, USB cables, for example, that cause all kinds of damage. Uh, later on, because they were they were purchased, you know, from from an untrustworthy source, you know, the, and problems arise, and, and it ends up being the cable that was the the cause. When an investigation happens later, I'm I'm less convinced that that Apple, for example, uh, should be uh, should be responsible for that phone if if you took it upon yourself to buy the the cheapest possible replacement for the battery that you replaced, and then and then it it malfunctioned on its own later and and destroyed the phone. No, I realize that you should be responsible if you try to repair it and you damage it. 
if you use an unapproved part. But right now, the concession stand at Walmart may be perfectly capable of replacing batteries from smartphones. The Batteries Plus Bulbs concession, that's a nationwide chain in the USA, and they replace smartphone batteries. They should be able to buy those batteries from Apple, fully warranted by Apple, and get the instructions from Apple, and even buy the tools if they need any. Yeah, that I, I would completely agree with. Being able to, you know, Apple should be able to almost license that ability out to, you know, third parties that, that can, you know, pass some kind of muster for Apple's regulation and, and then be able to do that. I, unfortunately, I think that the act of doing so would probably raise the prices on those people and, and would likely make it so that uh, at least financially there there's not a whole lot of difference between paying these people and paying Apple, I, I suspect would be a consequence of that. Uh, but I do agree that it's it's something every company that makes a product should should do is make it as easy as possible for for a third party repair team to to have you know an official response to repairing something. Well, I'll give you an example in the auto business. So, for example, if I need to replace the windshield on my car, what happens? Well, the glass place buys them up. They either buy third party or they'll go to your car dealer and buy a part. Anybody can go into your car dealer's parts bin and say, I need the windshield for the 2015 Volkswagen Passat. And they say, fine, here it is. Give me the money. No problem. I need, I need the filter, an air filter. Fine. I need a new engine block. No problem. Give us 10000 whatever it is. We will give you that part. We will sell you that part. If I go into an Apple store and I say, give me a battery, just the battery, you're not an authorized service person. Goodbye. No, I mean that's that's absolutely true when it comes to phones, and that's you know the whole point of of a right to repair law, uh, uh, which you know not even half of the United States has right now, is to is to create a a safe way for you know or a legal way for that to happen, so that Apple can't just say no, you can't have these things. There's some kind of middle ground there, you know, where where you care in the parts that you buy are important. I agree with you there. But even then, if you decide you want to buy an unapproved or third-party replacement product, that's your decision, and you're responsible. That's fine. If you think, okay, I can buy the battery for $19, I'll replace it myself, or the concession shop will say, you know what, we'll give you two choices. We'll give you a genuine Apple battery. This is the price for replacement, because Apple makes it available. Or if you want to save $20, and it's a pretty decent battery, and we guarantee it, then buy that one. Take your chances. If you do it yourself, you're responsible. So why should there be a problem? I, it really just comes down to, you know, these, these companies need to, to, you know, kind of one by one across the, the states uh, be, be made to approve these kinds of things. Now, how did this all get started? I mean, years ago, I don't remember that you were forced to buy approved parts from the manufacturer's own authorized service people, that anybody ought to be able to get these parts. Where did it come to a point where if you don't deal with Apple, you're stuck? I, I think really what it came down to was the physical act of opening the phone became more complicated. You know, we see teardowns from iFixit all the time where, where these new phones, regardless of manufacturer, you know, Apple, LG, Mike, uh, Motorola, all of these phones, they're, they're more glue than metal on the insides in, in a lot of cases uh, nowadays. And that, that causes... Uh, that causes a lot of problems uh, from from a kind of a hobbyist repair perspective, and so 
the the response from these companies was to was to just not offer you know guides on on how to do this where before uh you know when when batteries were a very removable thing and there were screws under the batteries and and you know the these devices were uh were less small and less fragile uh it, it, you know it was uh, it was almost obvious you know how to how to open these phones whereas now it is decidedly less obvious sure so is this apple's self-interest or their profit I understand if they're concerned that because it's difficult to make these repairs and the way these things are designed, it's not like the old days. You're making them smaller and smaller and the parts are more difficult to get at. So I understand Apple doesn't want people messing with those things and damaging them. That makes perfect sense to me. They don't want to screw up and have people screw up and mess up. That, as I said, makes sense. The same reason, for example, on the New iMac Pro starts at $5,000. To change RAM, you have to have the dealer do it. Not because you can't, but the process is not like the regular iMac where you just open a little cover in the back. You've got to take the entire glass off the chassis, which is held by adhesive, in order to get in there. And that requires some training, some skills, some tools to do it properly. So it makes sense then to want a trained person do it so it doesn't get damaged. I understand that. On one of the older iMacs, I use suction cups to get the thing off. I wouldn't play with the adhesive with a 10-foot pole. But that doesn't mean Apple shouldn't be forced or compelled to sell that stuff to other people, give the instructions, and just warranty the parts. we got more to come. Russell Holly of Mobile Nations. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Owl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. ID Stronghold wallets are different. They may look the same on the outside. They're stylish. They'll hold your cards and cash. But they're hiding something great on the inside. No, there are no pyrotechnics. And it doesn't sing when you open it. But it does have magical powers. ID Stronghold wallets protect your critical information and identity from thieves standing right next to you. Anyone can buy a cheap RFID scanner online and snag your information just by walking past you. Contactless credit cards, debit cards, even your work ID badge. ID Stronghold was the first to pioneer RFID blocking technology over 12 years ago. ID Stronghold's wallets, sleeves, and badge holders are trusted by the U.S. military and the executive office of the president. Something the competitors can't say. Secure your identity and save 10% by using coupon code MAGIC at checkout for a limited time at IDStronghold.com. 
idstronghold.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Does the current world crisis in North Korea or our domestic crisis right here in America concern you? Well, I know it concerns me. My friends over at Legacy Food Storage have solutions in the event there's the inevitable. What's the inevitable? Civil unrest, a run on your local grocery store. And here's my question to you. If this happens, how do you feed your children? How do you feed your grandchildren? Legacy Food Storage has the solutions. In fact, they can help you implement a simple plan to take care of your needs in the event of the inevitable. By calling them right now, I have authorized them to give you a special 20% discount at checkout by simply using GCN. Call 888-543-7345 or visit them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. That's 888-543-7345 or visiting them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. Make sure you use GCN at checkout for an incredible 20% discount. Don't be a victim. Take control of your life now. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old-world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Russell, what bothers me about a right to repair bill is that a legislature may do this with an axe when they really need a fine-tooth comb to create a law like this. So they could basically screw it up trying to help customers but put them in danger of getting unapproved products or getting their products damaged. You're talking about the middle ground, so do I. But can governments be relied upon to assert that middle ground? Well, I think, you know, we've seen a lot of success uh, because there are 17 other states in the U.S. that have these right to repair bills. And so far, uh, there's been a lot of success in these right to repair bills in kind of striking some balance, you know, where it's not exactly the Wild West where where Apple is made to, to, you know, fix a phone because you decided to, you know, glue an SD card on the inside to increase the storage or anything like that. There, there are some limitations to what information Apple has to provide in in a lot of these other examples. And so I'm less concerned now than I was when when these right to repair bills started rolling out for you know with with kind of specific targets to phones because there's there's a pretty solid roadmap 
for this. I feel like in some cases, Apple has been uh, and other manufacturers, not not just Apple, but they've been made to to be cooperative and to offer kind of feedback on on how this would work in a way that is both safe and functional for consumers. Uh, but but there is always you know that that risk where you know where the the law is written in such a way that uh, that someone can can take advantage and end up either damaging their hardware uh, out of you know, kind of uh, willful ignorance or or you know and then turning around and making Apple responsible for it. Apple can also have a special program here. Apple approved parts, that kind of thing. You know, some way that a dealer can say, we've undergone the Apple training, we've done their training manuals, we use Apple parts, et cetera, et cetera. So there is a warranty involved there. Or maybe they pay Apple a license fee like you do now if you make an accessory that meets Apple standards. That's something I would like to see from Apple is is just kind of a, a global standard that, that people can apply for and become, uh, you know, trained and a, and a list of accessories that are not made by Apple that can be purchased for, you know, not just the, the iPhone, but for, for all of their, their products. Because uh, this is this is a bigger problem moving forward as more of these uh, devices become smaller and more difficult to repair. I would think here. Apple can make money licensing batteries to other people. Say, okay, maybe not the current models, but the older ones, especially where there would be a market where Apple may not enter. But if they meet Apple's standards, just like if you buy a lightning cord for your iPhone and it meets Apple's standards, Apple's getting a little percentage of that. It has to meet these standards, has to be tested by Apple. If it is fine, no problem. Why should it matter? Then, because battery technology is pretty generic, it's mostly the shape of the battery and some other things. Apple could license that. The battery is kind of an, an isolated example, but I feel like on a larger perspective, it's also important to keep in mind that Apple had kind of a nasty run-in recently with a hardware manufacturer that they ended up selling a product that that uh, had a horrible flaw that Apple didn't detect. You know, the they, they Apple stopped making its own monitors and, and licensed LG as as a you know capable product manufacturer that they they licensed and then sold in their stores as as this uh, thing. And then uh, it was this 4K monitor that was completely susceptible to Wi-Fi interference, which was just a bizarre concept that, you know, having your Wi-Fi router next to your monitor was actually causing the monitor to misbehave because the, uh, the device was not properly sealed. Uh, and shielded from interference. And so uh, this was Apple kind of relying on another company to to offer something that they had a stamp of approval on in it, and it backfired pretty incredibly for them. So I, I can I can appreciate the hesitation to have, you know, kind of a, a an approved parts list, but I do agree that something like that should happen. Well, in the case of that, let me get you some more specific information. It was a 5K 27-inch display using the same display that Apple used in its own iMac with 5K Retina display. It was made by LG. And LG is not an inexperienced company for displays and TV sets. In fact, some of the best TVs you can buy out there have the LG brand name. But LG screwed this up completely. Basically, Apple ceded the design to them to put out a generic display design. And they messed it up. And what, it took a couple of months before they fixed the shielding to make it possible for these things to work properly. And I couldn't even believe it. And that had gone through Apple's entire hardware vetting process, just like they would any of their other devices. You know, it was in Apple's lab and went through all their testing before 
before something like that had happened. So it was, you know, it was from Apple's perspective and an impossible to detect flaw until it was out in the world. And yes, it's, it was a, a mind boggling error that something like that could happen. People make mind boggling errors. So I could see there might be a sensitivity that there'll be a bad batch of batteries and Apple is certifying them, but Apple can make a bad batch of batteries. That's Apple's responsibility to find ways to test third-party products, or if not, just sell the stuff. That's still a source of profit. They're not going to lose money if they sell a local dealer a battery? A battery? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, it's it's not an unreasonable thing. I just, it would be interesting to see how Apple would implement it. I feel like it would be, uh, it would be a very complicated process. And, and on some level, it would have to be. That's a question. In the states where you have a right to repair law, how does it work there? Or is it still all just proposals and not approved yet? No, they're they're approved in a lot of those places. Uh, you know, uh, Maryland, where I live, is is not a right to repair law, so uh, not a right to repair state. So I haven't been able to do it myself. But there there are other you know documented efforts of being able to to repair and replace things like that. And really, what it comes down to is you have the ability to repair when you stop using Apple's verified parts, uh, then the warranty is no longer valid. But you can you can acquire Apple you know verified parts uh, through uh, you know through the Apple Store or uh, not through the website but through the physical store. So then, like the car dealer, I can go to an Apple Store in the state in which this law is in effect and say, "Give me a battery for my MacBook Pro. Give me this. Give me that. Give me yeah, a there's... display, and the part will be guaranteed by Apple. Your work is guaranteed by you." Correct. I don't think anybody could really complain about that. If it's a dealer, it's honest, and they make a mistake, they'll fix it. Yeah, I mean, you run into like, the the analogy that you're you're making here with with cars. I feel like is is apt. You know, there's there's a way to make this functional nationwide and, and perhaps globally in Apple's case, but but it, it has to it would have to come from Apple. And I think it would be interesting to see that happen before every single state kind of legally encouraged them to do so. Well, they're basically being forced into it. So at one point in time, if half the states say yes and half the states say no, Apple is going to probably have to be proactive and say, OK, let's work out a system nationwide, worldwide, where all our customers are protected. And we don't need ifixit.com to write teardown manuals because we'll give you the one. We'll sell it to you. Whatever it takes, we'll sell it to you. Although, on the other hand, I hardly think the manuals are that necessarily large enough that they couldn't just make them available online. Got more to come with Russell Holly of Mobile Nations. Let's kind of switch over to Samsung on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal 
will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap, even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed; it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Okay, so we'll have to see how the right to repair laws go. It's not going to Arizona yet. You say in Maryland it doesn't. 
happen yet. California, we expect California to be at the cutting edge. But this time it's number 17. So we want to see what happens. I want to see what Apple does. I mean, Apple will give the normal argument that we want to make sure our customers have reliable repair experiences and that their products are fully warranted and you're using genuine Apple parts. You know, the usual argument. But I still think they can make a profit out of this if they handle it properly. And they're just going to have to do it. That's all. Samsung introduces the Galaxy S9. Now, if I own a Galaxy S8, before we even consider iPhones and anything else, or even a Pixel phone, if I own a Galaxy S8, do I want to throw it out and get a Galaxy S9 or maybe go back a generation or two? No, you know, you would have to go back a generation or two. It's actually remarkable when holding the S8 and the S9 together how incredibly similar they look. Uh, and, and not just on the on the outside, you know, but but on the inside, these are very, uh, very similar phones. There, there are some substantial differences in how the camera functions, but they're still both very good cameras in, in very decent phones. Now, this is the point we should mention, too, here. Whether you're into iPhone or Samsung, Apple makes excellent cameras. Samsung makes excellent cameras. Evidently, the Google Pixel 2 has pretty good cameras. And any of these things you buy, there will be differences that will appeal to different tastes. But you'll have a pretty good camera. Oh, yeah. Between those three manufacturers, they, they are you know, the, the best cameras you can buy in, in phones today. And the, the degree of difference between the three is so minimal. You know, it's become almost impossible to compare them without, you know, a, a day's worth of tests to go through and, and compare all of the images. But the interesting thing to have come from Samsung's camera this generation with the, the S9 is the implementation of a mechanical aperture shutter. Uh, inside the the lens, which inside of a, a phone, you know, there's there's just never really been enough space in there to to do something like this before, and so what you get is is a phone that is capable of f-stop 1.5, which is uh, just an incredibly wide aperture for taking amazing low light photos that no other camera phone has that wide an aperture right now, but also the ability to to you know move this mechanical shutter inside of the the phone to an f-stop of 2.4 which is uh, you know much better for daylight photography now and understand this, this as an old-time photographer who worked with normal cameras with a real i call a real camera not a digital real analog camera normal analog camera even the 25 dollar kinds i used to buy when i was a kid you could change the f-stop it wasn't fixed in this yeah. world, it has been fixed because we're dealing with very highly miniaturized parts and developing something like that to be practical costs money, research, experience, etc. So that's the comparison. If you have an old time camera, you say, an F-stop changing it? What's that? Use a digital camera, you'll see, and we can see the advantages. But this obviously is a first step because I bet there'll be a point in a few years where everybody will do it. Oh, this should absolutely be the default. This is a, a great way for Samsung software to kind of automatically switch between these two modes. But the kind of manual mode, what Samsung calls the pro mode inside of its camera, allows you to, to physically adjust the, the f-stop just like you would an old mechanical camera to, to anywhere between, uh, you know, 1.5 and 2.4, you know, for people who know what those differences mean and, and how to take advantage of, uh, you know, the, the varied apertures. It's, it's fascinating for this to feel new. 
from someone who also, you know, you has, has a history of using mechanical cameras, but it is also great to see this, this functionality in a phone. And, and I, I do genuinely hope that over the next year or two, it becomes a standard. This is interesting here. You know, they're using now like iPhones for making real movies. When will the point be achieved here where you'd be able to do almost anything with your smartphone, even make a movie except for an 8K movie, of course, which is what they're doing with these big blockbusters, but a 4K movie and do like 80 or 90 percent of what you can do with the hundred thousand dollar standalone camera Yeah, i mean that's that's the big thing that we're seeing here is you know with a with a, a proper kind of movie environment where you're going to shoot there's there's you know physical stabilization accessories but they're even removing the need for that in some cases by having just incredible both hardware and stof, uh, software based uh, stabilization in these cameras as well so that so that when you want to record something that is that is of you know almost cinema quality you can you can do it from your hand well, that's what Steven Soderbergh said with this film that he did recently, which is almost all iPhone. But he said, you know, this is as good as a as a regular film with a regular digital camera. Yeah, it's it's a it's fascinating to see how quickly that change has happened, because uh, it's really only been the, the last two or three years in particular. And to see Samsung and Apple and Google all be so close together when it comes to that that level of quality is fascinating. OK, specifically, we're going to compare an iPhone 10 with a Samsung Galaxy S9. Now, based on what you're saying, I say a lot of the comparison is going to be platform related. If you like iOS, you'll take the iPhone. If you like Android, you'll take Samsung. But other than the camera, which we know that's going to be leapfrogged each year, what else does it do that's different than the S8? Well, the other thing that's different to do with the S8 is, is really kind of software related. And it's, uh, you know, using the front facing camera mechanism because it's, it's multiple sensors now uh, to combine uh, iris tracking and, and facial scanning so that it's a single uh, it's a single scan that happens. Whereas in the previous generation, you had to choose between face ID, which we knew was uh, I'm sorry, a, a face scan, which we knew was was less uh Less secure, but but you know faster to unlock your phone, and then the uh, the iris unlock, which was uh, the opposite. It was it was more secure, but it was much slower. Uh, so now the you know both of these have been you know kind of improved, and they exist simultaneously, not quite as a competitor to Apple's Face ID, but as this kind of multi-stage security system for unlocking your phone. Now I heard back when the SA came out, they were able to defeat the iris detection and the facial recognition with certain types of digital photographs. Supposedly with the iPhone 10 and Face ID, you really need a 3D mask, like a Mission Impossible kind of mask. Has the recognition quality of Samsung improved? Samsung has promised that there is an increase in, in quality and security, but we haven't had the phones quite long enough to, to really you know, test and confirm that yet. I suspect that it is still not quite as secure uh, as Apple's Face ID because it's not doing as much to map a three-dimensional object where with, uh, with Face ID we're getting a, you know, a full 3D texture map thanks to the way that those, uh, those infrared dots or that dot production is happening. Uh, so it's, it's very different methods of authentication, but we're, we'll, we will be seeing here in the next couple of weeks, you know, just how much Samsung has improved the, the functional security aspect of it. Now, one of the things that makes Apple's Face ID work very well in a way that other companies can't, too, is they bought a company called PrimeSense from Israel, which I think Microsoft used it for Connect technology, right? Yes. Yeah. OK. Similar. So Apple bought the company. It's kind of like they acquired 
fingerprint technology by buying Authentic, which was one of the bigger companies providing technology for fingerprint detection. And what this means when Apple does that, that technology is no longer available to anybody else. They get their own handle on it. It also means that other companies can't just license something. They have to build it themselves. They'll have to figure a way to make it work. So that, I understand, gives Apple a bit of an edge for a year or two in terms of facial detection. It'll give Apple a, a little bit of an edge for a year or two when it comes to, to specifically uh, dot projection-based face detection. There are several other methods that can be used in, in mobile environments. So it's it, it will be interesting to see if, if you know companies wait for uh, a way to license dot projection from another company or if, uh, if another kind of facial mapping is, uh, you know, becomes kind of the default there. But, but either way, you know, this specific method, it's, it's unlikely that, uh, it's, it's unlikely that we'll see an exact replica of that for at least a year or two. We got more to come talking about the Samsung Galaxy S9, the inevitable comparison with the Pixel 2 and the iPhone 10. More to come with Russell Holly on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Tired of being censored by Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Patreon? Well, now you don't have to be. OneWay.com is the free speech and human-friendly social network built just for you. Stop feeding the beast. Every post you make on those evil, anti-human, anti-American perverted sites helps them destroy our families, our country, and our souls. Join OneWay today and take back your liberty. Your free speech alternative is waiting for you at OneWay.com. OneWay.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest-priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com.
Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST33 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. To see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text BEST33 to 443-443. With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, text BEST33 to 443-443. That's B-E-S-T-33 to 443-443. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We continue here Three more segments with Russell. We're really happy to talk to him first, of course, about right to repair, where I think we figure there's a middle ground that makes sense for the manufacturers and for the people in terms of getting their gear fixed and having some assurance it's going to be done with good quality. And we're talking now about the new Samsung. Now, is this on sale yet? This will be on sale on the 16th. It's available for pre-order now. Okay. When we look at this here... I've seen these Geekbench benchmarks that seem to show here that Apple, even though the supposed specs of their A11 series processor are lower than what Samsung is using, they score higher in Geekbench. Is that a matter of manufacturing efficiency, the operating system, or the integration? Well, it's it's a combination of the operating system and the integration. Apple's operating system, you know, has been built and specifically designed around the processor that it uses, and and it's the same with their, uh, you know, their their PCs. Is that you know, there's there's a level of optimization there because they use exactly one kind of of hardware, and they they you know design and optimize their their software around that. But it's also important to point out that the the Geekbench scores are uh, they're entirely based on applications that only use you know one processing mechanism for for moving and we find increasingly that a, a lot of that doesn't actually apply uh, to the way that a lot of uh, a lot of apps are written the camera for example is never going to use uh, single core uh, mechanisms for for processing because there's just too much data that needs to be uh, handled all at once so they're all multi-core uh, processes and so many apps now rely on the camera that they're frequently no longer built with, you know, single core process setups in mind. So it's, 
it's an impressive data point that that Apple has been able to brag about for quite some time, but it's it's surprisingly becoming less relevant because of how apps are being made. Well, the thing is, of course, that Apple can look at how apps are made and optimize their processor because it's their processor for their software, for their tools. So that's, I guess, the point of integration as opposed to just taking something off the shelf that meets a general set of descriptions. Now, it's a practical matter. These are powerful smartphones, and you may not notice that humongous a difference unless you put them right next to each other and compare launch times and things like that. We're talking about fast stuff here. What else does Samsung offer as a trump card compared to Apple? This is the silliest thing that is offered as a trump card to Apple. They have they have done, uh, you know, what was initially seen as kind of a copy of of Apple's uh, augmented reality efforts with uh, iMessage. You know, where where you had this uh, this emoji access. You know, an emoji is what Apple called it, uh, and was really fascinating about an emoji is that it's it's actually really limiting. Uh, despite how how fun, in my opinion, it is to use, you can only use it inside of of Apple Messages, and it's not available through the standard camera app. It's the the way you go to use it is kind of awkward unless you're only using it to send a message to someone. So Samsung took those ideas and baked it straight into their camera application, and then made it uh, you know so that you're you're doing more than just uh, animating uh, you know a, a cartoon giraffe or, or a zebra or something like that. You can actually map your your face. Uh, into this and create these uh, messages and photos and gifts and and just a ton of different communication things inside of the camera app itself so that they can be shared with any application through the use of augmented reality. So far, some people say that the way that, that Samsung does it's a little creepy. What do you think? I, I think that we have, uh, you know, we've had this uncanny valley problem for a while now. You know, Bitmoji uh, is something that came long before this and, and was also very creepy, but was also explosively popular for quite a while. So I, I think that calling it creepy is uh, is a little absent awareness of the market uh, because they, they're they're going to be widely used anyway, because, you know, they are it, it often becomes a fun joke in between friends. Well, I can see playing with it for about an hour, but that's just me. Now, I want to ask you something else here. Obviously, we have a feature that's either liked or controversial on the iPhone 10, the notch, and that's where the Face ID sensors, the cameras and everything are placed. And there are stories here that Apple is working on reducing that amount of space or maybe completely embedding it beneath the OLED display in a future generation. Meantime, there are reports that some Android phones are coming up with notches. Why do they need a notch if there's no design reason to have it? Well, there's two important things to keep in mind there. Uh, first is that Apple was actually not the first company to have a notch in their display. Before uh, Apple announced the iPhone 10 was actually the Essential phone uh, made by Andy Rubin's team, uh, which is which is running Android. And the idea here with all of these phones is that you know bezel size uh, is something that that you know, these, that they feel users want to get rid of. I'm not sure how many people that I've spoken to actually agree with that sentiment, uh, that, that having this, this weird notch is better than, than having, you know, kind of a, a thicker bezel, but it's the trend that all of these, uh, companies have been moving to for quite a while now is making these bezels disappear as, as much as possible, hiding the camera sensors underneath of the OLED panel 
is very complicated. We're just now starting to see uh, one company, uh, Vivo, successfully hide the fingerprint sensor, which is very similar to a camera in how it functions underneath of the OLED panel. And it, it works most of the time, but it's still not quite as accurate. And that's a single camera. The array for, let's say, the Face ID sensor, it's one camera, but also the, the dot projection sensor and another infrared sensor to, to read that each has to kind of take up its own set of space. So underneath of an LED panel, that's very complicated to do. And I don't think we'll see it this generation at all. But it's it's definitely this mass push from the entire you know smartphone ecosystem to, to get rid of the things that are on the front of the phone. I just wonder when I look at it, do I really care about, what, an eighth of an inch? I care. Couldn't when... we add just a slightly bigger yeah. bezel and be done with it? So I'm I'm with you. Uh, you know I I don't notice the notch on the iPhone 10 particularly often, but when I do notice it, it's when I'm watching a, a, a video of some kind. You know, someone sends me a YouTube video, or I'm I'm watching something in uh, Apple TV or something, and when the video goes full screen, uh, you know, there's there's clearly a section of the video that's not there uh, because it you know the 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 app is trying to fill to the entirety of the the display, and and this is a, a fairly small amount of space. But it's it's almost like having dead pixels on your television. You know, you you notice it, and it doesn't go away when you're you're trying to watch that video. So yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, you know, having just a little bit of bezel on the top and bottom really doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world compared to having this this kind of unsightly notch thing. But the more we look at uh, companies making announcements, uh, you know, at Mobile World Congress and things like that, it seems like. Uh, within the next year, we're going to have a lot of companies uh, kind of embracing this this cutout for for their phones. So it's it's definitely something that's that's here to stay at least for a little while. Well, I kind of think here when I look at a phone, I have an iPhone eight around here, and I'm looking at the sides, and it's a pretty narrow bezel, but it's a much taller on top and bottom. And I understand this is one of these things which is an acquired taste. Some people like it, some people tolerate it, whatever. I still believe Apple will eventually want to find a way to get rid of it and is doing it now because this is where the technology is now. But two or three years from now, it won't be. Basically, everybody wants a full screen and nothing else. This is true in smart TVs. You want your TV set to be all screen. You don't want even, what, a quarter of an inch? You just want one flat display. And now, of course, they have the ones you can roll them up like... Like Venetian blinds or something. The roll-up demo is pretty cool. We're we're also seeing it in laptops. You know, la- uh, you know, Dell was really kind of the the first company to to move the the camera from the top of the laptop to the bottom of the laptop panel, so that you've got this. They call it the Infinity Edge display, and it's that same basic concept where there's you know the the phone the the laptop dis- screen looks like there's nothing you know holding the the screen there. And it's it's a it's a very pretty look, but I, I question how functional it is to have the camera at a at a comparably awkward angle that you have significantly less control over because you can't uh, you can't really move it a whole lot from down there. Oh well, what can I say? <laughs> we'll have to look at that design, see how it adapts over time, see what Apple does to take it further. Obviously, if the iPhone 10 is doing well, and that's so mixed, also you had all the stories from. Apple, their financials pointing out that for week after week, it was the number one best-selling smartphone. And other people say, oh, demand collapsed and this, that, and the other thing. I want to ask you about that briefly. Why do we have this disconnect about iPhone 10 sales 
Apple says fine. Others say no. Apple says this quarter iPhone sales will be up by double digits over last year, but the guidance is not. It gets really confusing. Russell Holly will help us sort out the confusion before we go on more stuff on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So the iPhone X sales conundrum, Apple say good, other people say "Mm, not so good. Well, so this happens almost every year. You know, the, the analysts have a, a set prediction that are that is made without guidance from Apple because Apple doesn't commu- uh, you know communicate that kind of thing. And so, if if that you know if that guidance from these analysts is not reality, then uh, then you know there are decisions made about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. And for a brief moment, it's widely considered a, a bad thing. And here's here's what happened. Uh, Apple sold fewer iPhone 10s than were widely predicted, but Apple made way more money than was widely predicted because those uh, iPhone 10s net Apple more money than an iPhone 8. Even though they not as many of them were sold as was expected, uh, Apple you know is making more money per phone, which is good news for Apple. 
What made it difficult to compare this is last year, the final quarter of the year, the December quarter had one more week than this year. So you have to look at sales per week as opposed to total sales per quarter. That, that is also true. And this is also the first time where all of Apple's phones didn't come out at the same time. You know, the, the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10 were separated by quite a bit of time. There was a large group of people who were trying to decide if they should, you know, get the new phone now or wait for the, the iPhone 10. And then when the iPhone 10 came out, uh, you know, that, that first couple of weeks, it was it was very difficult to get one of these phones due to the, the demand that was available. And so a lot of people then went back to the iPhone 8 because they needed to get a phone and, and the iPhone 10 was not available. So it's there's a lot of you know, unique information here that's that's difficult to compare to other years for Apple. Well, the point being here, Apple sold more per week. Apple made a lot of money. Apple did very well. The problem is here is when you're dealing with an industry analysis, sometimes they're too optimistic, sometimes they're not optimistic enough. And it's Apple's guidance, which tends to be pretty conservative, and they usually meet that guidance, but I'm not going to even try to figure out what's going to happen with the next iPhones. Your predictions now, three phones are going to come with Face ID, a regular LCD display, two OLEDs, including an iPhone 10 Plus. These names will get real complicated before. Have you played with the HomePod yet? I have not played with the HomePod yet. It's on my to-do list, but I haven't. I don't use Apple Music for a bunch, so it hasn't been high on my priority. You see, that's part of it right there. If you're not into Apple's ecosystem, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to consider it. Also, do you really want a smart speaker system? Do you want to talk to a speaker? Now, I'm an old-time audio guy, real old-time audio guy. When I was buying music, it was 45s and LPs. And 78s, by the way, I'm that old. I used to buy 78s until I realized they break so easily. So I stopped buying 78s. So it was mostly 45s and LPs. So now you have a speaker that you talk to. Do you really care? I know obviously people who are into home automation might, which is why Amazon seems to sell a decent amount of Echo phones. But people are not buying those for the sound. They're buying it to talk to Alexa. We have a a group of people that are in their kind of 20s and 30s now who are never really owned uh, a stereo system at home, never really had, uh, you know, what would what you would consider, you know, a, a great audio experience uh, in the home. I never owned, you know, a, a stereo system. So, you know, the idea of playing music throughout my house through all of these little speakers that are connected is is a very cool thing, but it's also a very new thing for, for me as a homeowner uh, to, to have these things and to have never really considered, you know, spending the money for, for a full stereo system. So it's, it's a complicated, uh, topic because there's, there's absolutely room for criticism of the audio quality for these speakers, especially, you know, when you've had, you know, experiencing big, you know, proper stereo systems or, or, or even just, you know, higher end speakers. And that's the group that Apple seems to really be interested in is this kind of quality audio experience. But, there's a lot more people, I think, interested in in just the kind of baseline audio experience that also does kind of these neat tricks through either the Google Home Mini or the, the Amazon Echo. Now, there's a published report that Apple might come up with a cheaper HomePod, maybe a HomePod 2 or a HomePod Mini or something. Now, bear in mind here, $349 for a loudspeaker system is not expensive. No, not at all. 
I mean, you actually would buy like a stereo system for $500 or $1,000 in the 1950s and 60s would be like today paying in the thousands for those systems. I bought one for like $900 in the late 60s or no, I'll make that early 70s for $900. Build it yourself. Dyna kits and everything. Today, that would be a four or $5,000 system. I used to have here what's called the Carver Amazing Loudspeaker, which was a big speaker with a ribbon driver and four subwoofers. It was six feet high in piano black wood. And this is something I bought like in the 1980s. I used to write manuals for Carvers, so they let me buy it for half price, which was still a couple of thousand dollars or something. I sold all of it. I just wasn't listening to it. So we're looking at a totally different world. But the thing about these big loudspeakers is placement was real careful. You couldn't just stick them in the corner somewhere and have them sound good. You had to sometimes do trial and error to get a decent quality audio. And sometimes real, real serious people in audio would spend hours or days fine-tuning it to a room. And if you move them, you had to do the whole thing over again. All right? You move, you decide, you know what? We're going to do something in the basement and make it a kind of like a listening room or a home theater room, and you got to replace everything. One of the things that HomePod is offering, the biggest thing is the auto calibration. Supposedly, you place it somewhere and it tunes itself to that room regardless of reflections. Now, there are other arguments too, but that itself is something that's more for a listening device rather than a smart speaker system. A smart speaker system Apple doesn't always rate as well because Siri is not designed to be as responsive to commands as Alexa or Google Voice. So that makes a big disconnect. They're really not the same product, are they? There's kind of uh, two things to keep in mind there. The first is, uh, you know, a big part of that listening experience is the speaker's quote-unquote ability to hear. Uh, and the microphones in, in both, you know, the, the Amazon Echo and the Apple HomePod, it's, they're, they're both very, very important. The microphones are used for auto-tuning in these speakers just as much as they are for being able to listen in very complicated environments. One of the things that make the, the HomePod and the Echo impressive is the ability to hear me from across the room when I'm speaking at a normal tone. You know, I don't have to raise my voice in order to, to gain their attention from across the room, which is up until this generation of devices was not the case. You know, you, you kind of had to raise your voice in order to get their attention. But to be able to say, you know, hey, Siri, and, and have it be that same tone has a lot to do with how well-tuned these microphones are. And I think the other issue here, too, is will Apple make Siri more responsive to different classes of requests? And the second thing is here, as you probably know, if you look at some of the reviews, that there have been some complaints that it's a little bassy, kind of like in the tradition of Beats headphones. It's a little bassy. And that's fine for rock and roll. It's fine to sound impressive. But it also means that on certain types of source material, it may not sound as good. But the problem with the HomePod is, even though you can adjust if you're taking music from iTunes, other music sources, there's no way to control the EQ. You can't say, Siri, give me less bass. Siri, give me more powerful mids. You can't do that. So is that going to mean ultimately here that Apple's probably going to have to make some modifications in the software for the HomePod going forward? 
you know, I, I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in, in Apple going for a less expensive version of this speaker. I think they're going to, to kind of double down on that audio experience because that, that's a big part of, uh, you know, kind of Apple's heritage, especially, you know, with some of the leadership that have been so audio focused over the last couple of years. But improving Siri is going to be just a fundamental part of Apple's success over the next two years. And remember, too, here, as much as we looked at the Amazon Echo, I think for the first two or three years, it only sold like 15 million. It's only really started to take off the last year or so. And there have been reports now that, what, it's in the low millions that Apple sold HomePods, so it's not as high, but they don't really tell you what the sales are. They're hidden, like Apple Watch. More to come with Russell Holley. One more segment on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home? And you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. 
If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So what is a good sales figure for a smart speaker. I mean, if it's $30, I could see Amazon just selling bunches of them because they're cheap and you could just buy them as a casual purchase. Maybe they'll have them at Whole Foods. Now they own the Whole Foods they, supermarket they did, chain. They do. they do actually have them in Whole Foods. They, they do. I have to go over there. I haven't been to Whole Foods since they bought it. Yeah, the, the day after that happened, actually, there was, there was a report that the day after the, the transaction was complete, uh, there was a table of uh, Amazon hardware in every one of those stores. I'll tell you, wait till they put Best Buy out of business. <laughs> right now, when they bought Whole Foods, the stock for Kroger, which is like the largest supermarket chain in America, you know, not counting Walmart because Walmart sells general merchandise too. But Kroger, their stock went down. It did. And then it, it kind of uh, buoyed a little bit after some uh, rough waters in the first couple of weeks of, of Whole Foods kind of learning app, uh, the, the new way of doing things from, from Amazon. There were some efficiency difficulties uh, in kind of those early weeks, but it, it seems to have really kind of worked itself out recently. So now they were just announcing, I got an email that I can get Whole Foods in two hour delivery where I live. There's some places that give you one hour delivery. This is like Prime now. Okay. Two-hour delivery. So I can spend more money for food, for groceries. I bet those prices will come down. And wait two hours for it. I can also get Uber delivery from Walmart. You see, Walmart's doing a lot of online stuff too, you know. In fact, I had to buy something a few weeks back where I actually paid a little bit less at Walmart. Not an expensive thing, a cheapy thing. Then at Amazon. And the same shipping costs, because I think they give me free shipping. And... Well, is it also a high pay sales tax either way? You can't escape sales tax much anymore in a lot of places. If they have any kind of office, like in Phoenix, they've got an Amazon shipping office. You can't escape sales tax here anymore. Yeah, it's complicated. You know, I, I actually don't have any of these uh, these alternate shipping systems in my area yet. Like, I don't, I don't have the uh, the Uber with Walmart or or the groceries uh, system from from Amazon in my area just yet. But we have. Uh, the you know the Prime Now service and and I do I find myself pretty frequently having to to check the price elsewhere just to make sure uh, before I order that Prime Now thing. One more thing to talk about: Do you have an Apple Watch? I do. Okay, this is interesting here. 
I still have my $12.88 three-year-old Walmart watch. Okay, I've had two batteries replaced and Walmart charges less than $6 to physically replace your watch battery. Okay, now, these days, last few months, everywhere I go, I see an Apple Watch. The cashier at the local Circle K, they're making what? $11 an hour, which is, I think, what the minimum wage is in Arizona now. They have Apple Watches. I didn't think it would really start taking off as it does, but it appears to be improving quite a bit. Well, a, a big part of you know the the last couple of years, you know, the first couple of generations of Apple Watch, the price of them came down pretty substantially, uh, either through secondhand or or otherwise. But also, Apple did a huge pivot from its marketing you know, information to, to make it clear that this was a fitness accessory. You know, Apple stopped trying to compete directly with the big expensive watch manufacturers like they did with the very first version of the Apple Watch and really kind of focused their marketing effort on on competing with Fitbit, you know, making this a, a you know, a, a functional life accessory that you have to have with you at all times because it gives you so many different activity tracking activity, you know, monitor things uh, to help make you healthier. And it's interesting here, too. Right now, according to the, was it IDC or Gartner, when they did their estimates of wearable sales, Apple's selling more than any of them in 2017, selling more than Fitbit. Their sales are going down. Zomi, which is that the way you pronounce it? The Chinese manufacturer? Xiaomi. Xiaomi. Xi, I don't understand that. Xiaomi. Okay, so Xiaomi, they're selling more in Xiaomi, whose sales have flattened. Basically, the Apple Watch has come like a phenomenon. Sales over the last year are up over 50%. And the other thing is you've got to see the things that Apple is doing in terms of dealing with different companies to enhance fitness. There's a deal now with United Healthcare Through their motion program, you have to meet their fitness standards. And this is available for people who have employer-sponsored health insurance. So if you have like the Affordable Care Act, what's left of it in the U.S., it won't apply. But certain insurance companies, Aetna... John Hancock, you are involved in one of their fitness programs. You meet certain guidelines, you get credit towards gear, like Apple Watches. And you can think tens of millions of employees around the country have these insurance policies. They can get credit if they stay healthy towards an Apple Watch. I bet they're going to sell a lot of Apple Watches that way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the focus on, on health and fitness uh, from their, their marketing stuff has been tremendously successful for Apple. And Apple takes, you know, kind of a really interesting attitude towards things like this, that it looks like they're not just doing it for the money they really care about because Tim Cook cares about fitness. He's a fitness oriented guy. He works out. And I think also the change from electronic jewelry to fitness, I think the first year it may not have been so much as a sudden change of direction, but they introduced the Apple Watch has expensive jewelry to get attention. And once they got the attention with the $10,000 version, then they can go into an affordable market and really clean up. And I don't know what the potential of that thing is. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this coming year because there were there were two kind of standout things with the Series 3 watch that came out this year. The first was the the addition of, of cellular radio, but also this was the second time that Apple had released a new Apple Watch, and it was actually thicker 
than the previous version. This Apple Watch is the the thickest standing up off your wrist than any of the uh, the previous Apple Watches, and it was it's an important thing because that comes down to battery. The big complaint that everyone has about every smartwatch or every you know every every smartwatch thing. Uh, that has ever been made is that the battery isn't long enough. You know, people who have real watches and have worn real watches their entire lives, they're the idea of charging your watch every night is a silly thing, you know, because because my watch lasts forever. This thing has to be on the charger every night. And that's that makes sense from a gadget perspective. But it's it's a complicated thing from a, a technology perspective, especially when the charger on this is. Uh, so specific it's not you can't just plug a usb cable into it or even even the lightning cable from your iphone you have to use the magnetic charger for the apple watch so it's it's a very specific thing that not a lot of people are going to have uh, or if they do they're using it for their own watch it's an interesting thing to to watch you know this is going to be a, a fun thing to see what apple does this coming year because it 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 probably can't get away with making it too much bigger yeah but remember when you talk bigger it's something where Unless you have them side by side, you really don't notice it that much, I don't think. With this watch in particular, this has been something we've been talking to a lot of Apple Watch owners. This particular version, you would, you feel it uh, over time because the part that was bigger on this watch is actually the the heart rate sensor part. Ah. And it actually, it actually pushes slightly deeper into your wrist than the previous versions did. Hey, we got to let you go here. Where can we find more of your stuff? You can find me anywhere uh, at Russell Holly for pretty much any form of social network. You can also find mobilenations.com for uh, anything Apple, Android, or Windows. Uh, you'll typically find my name attached to it. Thank you, Russell, for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. It's been a pleasure, Gene. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Dan Pilla. Do you have the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Over the last four years, three of the biggest online precious metals dealers have gone bankrupt and their owners put in prison due to theft and fraud. Having previously purchased precious metals, can you be sure you purchased the right product? Did you receive proper advice? Or were you stung by one of these companies? Miles Franklin has been in business for 29 years without receiving any material customer or regulatory complaints ever. Maintaining an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and residing in Minnesota, the only state in America that regulates the precious metals industry, making doing business in precious metals with Miles Franklin the safest choice, bar none. Call us at 866-485-4346 and let us review your portfolio at no commitment whatsoever. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Get the peace of mind you deserve in working with a precious metals company with a reputation like Miles Franklin. 
Again, that's 866-485-4346. Miles Franklin Precious Metals, the name you can trust. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. 99 bucks for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So we're joined by Peter Cohen, and we're going to continue our discussion about a variety of tech topics. And one is based on a story I read the other day, but it's something that's been brewing for a long time. They introduced in California the California Right to Repair Act. And this impacts Apple and other companies, but it kind of basically says Apple can't force you to get your gear fixed at an Apple store or authorized dealer. Now, you work for an Apple dealer, an authorized one, right? Yeah, and an independent uh, but Apple authorized sales and service provider. What, what's known in the business as an ASP. Okay, I knew them well. It's something that bites you on the neck or something. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. It, it sounded like that. Okay, so the key is here, and the example I cited earlier, we were talking with another guest, and that is with any electronic gear, you'll see unofficial repair shops like there's a concession over at a nearby walmart they'll fix cell phones they'll fix notebook computers and when my son was here from spain last year he thought about replacing the battery on his iphone 5c and they said it would be 39 dollars. this is before we had the throttling issue so apple would charge 79 
And the question, of course, we had then, which is the usual question, is what guarantee is this going to work? What guarantee is there that this will work? And what is Apple going to think about it? So, I mean, let's unpack this a little bit. You know, in, in terms of right to repair, what exactly is is on the table here for for California and for and for that matter for other states that are considering right to repair um, laws? You know, it, it's not just electronics; it's cars, it's um, it's it's home appliance, it's 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 an increasing number of devices in your home or that you use every day that require very specialized technical training, very specialized parts, and very specialized processes in order to to fix. And what's been happening over the course of the past 20, 30 years, especially in the the automotive industry, is that manufacturers of these devices or of these products that we're using have figured out ways to increasingly specialize the componentry that, that gets used so it's not something that a shade tree mechanic or a, a shade tree iPhone repair person can get their hands on very easily. Now, this isn't a real problem for a lot of folks who encounter typical issues with their devices. Case in point, iPhone. You want you know, a battery for your iPhone or you want a new screen because you broke it. Um, or if if uh, Touch ID suddenly stops working on your phone, you can actually go to the mall or you can go to an independent repair place and you can get that replaced. You can get it fixed using what are called gray market parts, you know, parts that don't come from Apple necessarily, but are designed to fit Apple products. That's legal. That's fine. Uh, but you're not covered under Apple's warranty. But, you know, unfortunately leaves out a lot of other stuff. You know, there's a lot of components inside my MacBook Pro, for example, that I can't get fixed outside of an Apple store. Or that if I can't find parts for, maybe they're used, maybe they've been scavenged from a device that was otherwise damaged, but they might be second quality, in other words. They might not be the same quality that I can expect from an Apple part. Same goes for brand new Toyotas. Same goes for uh, brand new Fords and so on. Um, the, the 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 traditional folks who have who've worked on these things, or or for that matter, new appliances like dishwashers and and uh, and refrigerators. People who work on these things can sometimes get parts for them, depending on which parts break. But other parts might be very specialized and require you to go through an authorized service channel in order to get them fixed. If you're fixing your car, say you have to replace a bumper. Quite often, the insurance company will allow the replacement of non-OEM replacement parts. It's not the same thing, for example, as replacing the transmission, where the Volkswagen is not going to be replaced by somebody else's transmission. But there are third-party replacement parts, like oil filters, sometimes some body parts, like doors and such, where, as I said, the insurance company may opt to use a supposed approved third-party replacement part. The problem, of course, with an Apple battery for your iPhone is there's only one source for a real Apple battery. I just can't go to the store and buy an Apple battery. I couldn't even go to the Apple store and buy it because they will replace it. They won't just sell me a battery. I can go to the car dealer, go to his parts department, and get a complete engine block if I want to hand him 15000 or whatever it costs because they'll sell it to me. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, the the, the right to repair um, legislation that's being proposed in California, that's been proposed uh, elsewhere, uh, wants to make, you know, the, 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 the repair parts that um, uh, that you need to keep these devices going for just a little while longer, um, uh, something that, that, that are fair and accessible to everyone. So, you know, at, at its heart, it's, it's consumer advocacy. And I, I'm fully in favor of it. I am a firm believer in using things for as long as you can reasonably use them, as long as it reasonably makes sense to. And that goes for my phone. I mean, you know, I've got a, a three-and-a-half-year-old iPhone 6 that I don't see the need to replace. I did get the battery replaced on it before the – right on the cusp of the whole brouhaha with older iPhone batteries in iOS 11, but I did it anyway. Um, you know, I, I, I have a 10-year-old uh, uh, TV that's working just fine that I see no need to replace. You know, we live in a disposable culture uh, where we're incented to consume – um, and replace things at a really alarming pace. And, and that makes a lot of us who are concerned about sustainability and about the environment or who are just flat freaking broke, you know, th- it makes us crazy because, you know, I, I, I don't I don't want to have to replace my my dishwasher or my my refrigerator every five years. You know, th- those were devices that or those were appliances that, a generation ago were, you know, things that you got on your wedding day that lasted you until your kids were out of college. And, you know, being kind of a Yankee spendthrift at heart, I, I appreciate right to repair legislation. And I, I think that it's a good idea. And uh, I think that no manufacturer, whether it's Apple or um, Toyota or, you know, Sears for that matter, should force people to buy stuff. Um, if they can keep their old products going. The interesting thing, and I I look at this from from two perspectives, right? There's the perspective of me as a consumer advocating for other consumers, thinking that this is important. And then there's the perspective of me as somebody who sold and and repaired these devices himself. And my perspective is the same, but for different reasons. Because, you know, a lot of times when I, let's say somebody came into the store with a MacBook Pro, uh, might be like a three- or four-year-old machine, not a machine that Apple has declared, and I'm making air quotes as I'm saying this, vintage. That's their euphemism for obsolete, as in we're no longer making parts for this anymore, which they do after about six or seven years, except in California and um, some foreign locations where they were required to go 10 years or longer um, with those parts. But you know, when when somebody would come to me with an older MacBook Pro and say, you know, it's running slow, I, I, I don't, it's out of warranty, I, I want to get it updated, I want to get it upgraded with newer parts that'll make it go faster. Back in the old days, you know, when you could do that to a MacBook Pro, you can't do it now because all that stuff is integrated right on the motherboard, not easily replaceable. But back then, 2012, 2013, um, before the Retina MacBooks came out, before the new MacBooks came out, you could, you know, upgrade the memory from two gigabytes of RAM to eight gigabytes of RAM. You could replace the uh, two and a half inch uh, hard disk drive with an SSD. And I would say probably about 70, maybe 80% of the time, I would sit down with them and I would say, okay, look, you spent $1,300 on this MacBook Pro when it was original. For my labor fee, plus the cost of parts, I could update this to get this thing more current and to keep it alive another couple of years. Let's break here and we'll have more with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Out Live.
you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralized the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So Peter Cohen confronts or talks to somebody as someone who works for an Apple authorized dealership, an ASP, a little tiny reptilian character. And I don't know why I started that, but I'll continue with it. Asps and apples, man. It's a story as old as Genesis. We have a 2010 MacBook Pro here, and I'm his customer probably. I replaced, I did myself. I replaced the SSD. I replaced the drive with an SSD, 500 gigabyte SSD. I increased memory to eight gigabytes. And I did it myself, so whatever the cost of those parts were, you know, it wasn't anything very expensive for a computer that cost, what, a couple of grand or so when I bought it. You're kind of an outlier because a lot of people are not comfortable cracking open um, their device, no matter how easy it might be, no matter how many walkthroughs there are online. That's just beyond the comfort level of most consumers. And this is the point that Apple makes about, well, you know, why have you gotten so specialized with these parts? Why, why is it impossible for me to repair my own gear anymore? Their answer to that is because the vast majority of our customers never open anything, never replace anything. So it's not really important to our customers um, to be able to upgrade their stuff. And, you, you know, somebody's always raising their hand going, well, it's important to me. Well, okay, but you are a drop in the bucket compared to the other millions of people buying these things. Anyway. Now, there's another question, point- too, I have here. Okay, say of a 1,000, every 1,000 MacBook Pro customers, five want to replace Admit RAM. The rest don't really care. Now, that five... What does it cost Apple to provide that feature for those five people out of 100? Do you sacrifice reliability? What do you sacrifice to give it up? So it's like we're doing something for the vast, vast majority of customers. But then going back to the old days, you're talking to somebody, and I realize that I'm not your target user. I just care about the parts because a lot of the things that people can do on their somewhat older Macs I will do myself. But to replace like a battery even on a 2010 MacBook Pro or 2011, they have these tiny little pendulum screws. And it's very easy to lose them. I always have extras because you got 12 of them in there. And very easy to lose them. You have to be careful what you're doing. You're dealing with tiny wiring harnesses. So it's better handing $100 to the service person and say, you do it for me. But it's still cheaper than buying a new one. Well, that's the point, Gene, and that's the point that I was I was leading to before we had to break um, for for commercial uh, during our last segment, is that when I would give when I would actually show people, you know, okay, this is what you're going to pay me for labor, this is what you're going to pay me for parts, versus the cost of a new machine, seventy or eighty percent of the time it was an excuse for them to buy a new machine. 
I could upsell them to a new machine. Why? Because they would get a full warranty. They would get Apple Care coverage optionally if they wanted it for you know an additional fee, but that would extend their warranty from 12 months to, to, to three years. Um, and they would get the benefit of knowing that they were buying something current that could go a little bit longer still than whatever machine they were upgrading. So, uh, you know, in, in the case of, I think, a lot of electronics, that's that's the situation that that most people find themselves in. They, they, so I, I think that this right to repair, while I think it's important, is important for a smaller percentage of consumers than people who are in this business or people who obsess about this business regularly may actually think are out there. I have also dealt with a lot of folks who, for example, bring an iPhone in for a new screen, and it's like, well, what is this going to cost me? I give them the figure, and they're like, well, I might as well just get a new one. That delta is huge. I mean, you can re- you can replace a screen on an iPhone for a hundred bucks. A new iPhone is going to cost you six fifty at least if you buy something new and and current. But people don't see it as six fifty. They see it as well. It's just going to cost me. I'm up for renewal, so it's going to it's going to be another twenty five thirty bucks a month for me. In, instead of gee, I don't want to have to drop that hundred right now. Uh, penny wise, pound foolish, perhaps, and maybe a little even a little bit innumerate, but. A valid point, nonetheless. You know, some people don't want to be bothered with that cost if they know they can get something better for a little bit more. Right, but if it's a battery, a battery should not be a considerable purchase. Yes, maybe so with $79 for an iPhone and, what, $129 or $179 for a MacBook Pro. That's a considerable thing. But, of course, you're paying $179 to replace a battery on a $2,000 computer. It kind of makes sense. The battery is a pretty sensible replacement, I think, for many people. Because you're sitting there and say, as you did with your iPhone 6, iPhone 6 works perfectly, replace the battery, everything's like new again for another couple of years. And then I can think about the iPhone 12 or something. That's a very good point, Gene, and I think that that that's a good case because the battery, batteries themselves, even by Apple's terminology or by Apple's definition, batteries are considered to be consumable parts. In other words, from the day that you open the box, the assumption is that that is a component within the device that is decaying as you use it, directly proportional to the amount of use that you give it, and that it will have to be replaced at some point. However, that doesn't make it incumbent upon Apple to provide consumers with an easy way to replace the battery themselves, such as making it removable. You know, that just means that Apple's got to have a part supply and a process for managing that. Um, well, that's and- what the right to repair is. Shouldn't you be able to go and... No, right, right to repair doesn't say that Apple has to, has to make phone, phones with removable batteries. Absolutely. No, that's not, not what I'm saying. Make- Apple should sell the battery. You shouldn't have to depend on a third-party unwarranted battery. You should have the right to go in there and say, I'll take an Apple battery. Obviously, Apple's not going to warranty your repair. As far as a third-party repair shop, shouldn't they have access to the documentation? Or maybe they could you know, do some kind of certification. But if you go to a third-party dealer and they sell you a genuine Apple battery, they still have to warranty their repair. If they break it, they fix it. But on the other hand, looking at it from the manufacturer's perspective, and I'm just playing devil's advocate for a moment, if Apple does that, if Apple sells Apple-branded batteries to anybody who wants one, how does Apple manage the issue of those devices coming back to it 
maybe having been prepared or having been repaired improperly using Apple genuine parts. And what is their liability there? And this is the issue that, that, that a lot of manufacturers come up with. Well, you know, if I'm selling parts to anybody, you know, how, how am I going to be able to manage quality on that? They can't. And so it, it, it does present a, a dilemma for the manufacturer that, quite frankly, Gene, I am unsympathetic to, but I want to acknowledge what their issue is regardless so people can just contextually understand here what's going on. Yes, but if Apple gets in a product under warranty repair, which is where it only comes into play, if it hasn't been repaired properly, which should be fairly obvious, they could say, I'm sorry, it doesn't meet our standards, and next time have it fixed by Apple. I mean, they should not be responsible for a dealer that is incompetent and damages the product. That dealer has to be responsible for their work. Yeah, but it doesn't quite work out that way, does it? Well, no, because most people will say, well, it has an Apple part, and it's Apple's fault. And I think Apple probably, in the normal course of events, will tolerate a little bit of leeway there, because otherwise it'd be impossible to deal with. But if it's obviously damaged by a third party, they have the perfect right to say, well, this is not our problem. Well, what's more, if there isn't a, uh, a paper trail... Um, then, 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 uh, then it's not their problem. But anyway, so, uh, you know, the, the, how right to repair will ultimately affect the landscape specifically of Apple product ownership is anyone's guess at this point, but, um, it's, you know, it, it's an interesting, uh, situation that's, that's continuing to develop. And, um, uh, I, I guess we'll see in the end, um, what, what, what kind of difference it'll make if, if the legislation in California passes. California actually already has strong consumer legislation, as I alluded to before. You can get parts for your Apple products there uh, for a lot longer than you can in the other 49 states. You so, see, that also um, bothers me. And this is one of the states' rights problems we have in this country. Because I choose to live in a state or I have to live in a state because that's where my job is. I can't telecommute. I've got to live in this state. But this state deprives me of certain rights. So I can't buy a part or have Apple fix my MacBook Pro in this state because it's vintage. But I can have it fixed in this state or this country because it's not vintage yet. Just a personal opinion. Well, I mean, that, that you would have to go back to the founding fathers to, um, to argue. That's obviously um, a conflict that's been n- not just related to this, but central to uh, the sort of tensions that, that have ruled the republic um, and, that, in fact, caused the Civil War for entirely different reasons. But we understand I, that. I was thinking in terms of manufacturers here more than a lot of other issues. We've got more to come with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. 
And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine Tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. My point being, as a consumer, I'm not talking about, you know, having different auto insurance laws, and even that, I think, other than the basic repair experience and things like that should be the same for everybody. I'm thinking here in terms of I buy this product here and it's going to last 10 years before it's vintage, whatever. I then move to the state across the border, which is one mile away. And now my rights to fix that have changed. I live in the same country. I'm a citizen of the United States of America I pay taxes here, but I move from one state to the other. My rights change, not in the sense of how they are dealt with in terms of one state to another for local requirements. It's a MacBook Pro. It's an iPhone, whatever. We understand the problems there. And we understand that it isn't fair, but raises all sorts of complications and political ramifications and like that. In terms of the right to repair, I think it has to be done with common sense if it's being done at all, because I can see abuses at both ends. I think Apple has to be forced or other tech companies to loosen things somewhat to give people more possibilities for repair. But when it comes to things where serious parts are broken that require really, really specialized equipment, you know, there's a gray area there. You know, it's not like a battery. Uh, someone from Batteries Plus Bulbs told me that an iPhone battery usually is not difficult to repair. Is that true? You've done it. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it, it's a laborious process, um, especially on the newer devices. But, and there's testing that, that has to happen according to Apple's own guidelines or own requirements for authorized repairs uh, that definitely slow you down. 
but it's still something that can be done with the right tools and whatever. In terms of right to repair and, and you know, going over state lines and stuff like that, I mean, that's the Tenth Amendment, man. You know, the Tenth Amendment says, hey, look, the federal government only has the the powers that we granted it in the Constitution and that all the, the, the remaining powers are reserved for the states of the people. So, like I said, this is something that, that goes back to 1791, right? You know, this is, this is not a new issue uh, for our republic to deal with. And it, as it affects consumer use of, of electronics and other devices, it's a real issue. I, uh, but outside of sweeping federal legislation that would change that, I don't, I don't really see, it, see that changing a lot. It's always interesting to me to talk to people from other countries, um, especially my European friends, who find this process or this issue that we, we've been talking about for the last few minutes, uh, Gene, to be completely bizarre and Byzantine for them. You, Europe's done, obviously, a very good job uh, since the end of the Cold War of sort of uniting with the possible exception of Brexit um, and sort of bringing everything under sort of a unified code of, of, of laws and, and, and rules. Uh, whereas we in the United States take the states part of United States very seriously, uh, you know, which is why my uh, state subsidized medical insurance, for example, um, has absolutely no coverage for me when I leave the state. Um, I, I found that out the hard way a few years ago when I was traveling on business and I tried, I, I went to the same chain that I always get my stuff filled at going, hey, I need a script refill on this script. I get it filled at this one up the street from my house all the time. Can I get it done here? And they're like, sure. Yeah, you can do that. We've got it in the system here as long as you want to pay full retail because your particular particular medical plan, which is offered to you through the state you know, system, doesn't offer you any coverage here. So you would have to pay full freight for that, uh, that medication. That was a real eye-opener for me, but it's another example of how these things just don't translate across state lines because we may be a single country, but we are definitely 50 states. Well, that requires, as I said, political issues. Just like I said, right to repair should not be restricted to single states, whether or not an Apple product is vintage or not should not be restricted to a specific state, but it's way, way, way beyond what happens. Now, if enough states adopt right to repair, though, eventually it will become close to being national. Because then sure, someone would possibly have the right to file lawsuits charging discrimination, discriminatory practices or something, and eventually they'll figure a way to make it national. If enough states pick it up, otherwise, yeah, you're living in 50 different countries to a degree, which is kind of strange. Anyway, there you go. Right to repair. Let's see what happens. Hopefully it's going to be done a sensible way. I also think if enough states adopt it, Apple will simply have to find a way to make it national. They can't have one program here, one program there and drive everybody nuts. Yeah, well, sure they can. But, you know, well, I'm already nuts. I understand that. But... <laughs> You know, in terms of right to repair laws, what we've got right now is laws in 16 states, and I think like six or, or eight more are considering it. So it'll be a while before we've got national consensus on this, that's for sure. I live uh, in, with a certain amount of optimism about it, Gene, and I think that uh, it's the right thing uh, for companies to do for consumers, and I'd like to see it certainly adopted as a national standard, even if I you know, look askance at uh, what's happening now. Looking askance. There we go. Let's go to some other topics. Have you heard the HomePod yet? You know, I am not. I, yes. And I. it sounds fabulous and it's a terrific piece of engineering, but I'm completely uninterested in owning one. Welcome to the club. 
And my reason for doing this is very simple. Any speaker, any audio speaker that puts impediments in my way as to what music I can hear on it, I'm not interested in, in owning. You know, I, I have my music from a variety of sources. Apple Music is only one of them. You know, I, I've purchased a certain amount of stuff in iTunes. I've gotten a lot of downloaded music through other um, music services that are certainly uploaded to, you know, iTunes uh, uh, Music Cloud or whatever the hell it's called this week, iTunes Match. And I like that. iTunes Music Cloud, whatever, who cares? Right, exactly. Um, but I also listen to music on uh, Amazon Music, and I also use Spotify, um, and I also use SoundCloud. And I don't want to have to deal with any speaker that locks me out of any music that I either own or want to hear. For God's sake, a speaker should just be there to play music. So I'll stick with my Bluetooth speakers and you know my uh, attachments to my home audio systems. Thank you very much because they don't give a damn what service I'm streaming from. They're just dumb speakers. I like my speakers dumb, not smart. You know, I wouldn't mind a HomePod that was just a smart loudspeaker system that would configure itself to your listening environment and get the heck out of the way. Yep, yep, yep. I want a frictionless music experience. That's what I'm looking for. And HomePod introduces friction. And you know what? That's not the Apple way, damn it. Well, Apple, I think, here was trying to create a high-end alternative to Amazon Echo. Okay. And therefore, have a good loudspeaker. Because the Amazon Echo, the basic ones like an Echo Dot or any of the Amazon Echoes are very, very average or sub-average Speaker systems. The Google Home Max may be a decent one, but the rest are not. The point here is they are not designed to be speaker systems. That's just a feature. They're designed to listen to you or steal your stuff or whatever. They're designed to hear you to do commands, to provide you information for Amazon to get you to buy something from them. They're not designed just for music listening. So Apple took that basic concept and try to deliver something as a music listening system, but they've got this thing so tied up in Apple's ecosystem and this half-baked integration with Siri that I think the product has possibilities, but it's not there yet. Like I said, I'd like to see something without Siri. Why bother with Siri? I just want a loudspeaker system. Or a HomePod with no restrictions and Siri to be very, very limited just to music, just to music listening. Well, I'm very pleased that, you know, as it exists now, the, you know, hooking up an Apple TV to my stereo makes it possible for me to have, uh, you know, the, the music and other content that I want to stream to that device um, accessible to me through the existing home entertainment system I already have um, wired up in, in the house. And I've got Bluetooth speakers and, and uh, even some AirPlay speakers. Let's break it there at the speakers and we'll go on. More to come with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Howl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Aging is one thing that affects everyone. George has talked about the power of stem cells for years. Now there's a new serum that harnesses that stem cell power to bring back your youthful look. Beverly Hills doctor, Nathan Newman. Stem cells are basically our fountain of youth. This is what maintains our body's reparative regenerative abilities. As we age, every cell breaks down and needs to be replaced, and what replaces it is the stem cell. Dr. Newman and Janess have developed Luminess. Luminess takes the science of stem cells using the same growth factor complex that literally heals our cells, slowing the appearance of the aging process. Apply Luminess twice daily and on average see results in a week. Learn more, watch our video, and order today at a special Coast website, healthylooking.com. Plus, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's healthylooking.com. Luminous for a healthier, much younger, better-looking you. Buy now at healthylooking.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Hello, my name is Marjorie Wildcraft. I'm the founder of The Grow Network, which is an online community of people who produce their own food and medicine. We are really into backyard self-reliance. If you want this lifestyle, I suggest your first step be to learn some basic home medicine. Just the other day, my 18-year-old son came to me and said, Mama, I got a sore throat. Can you fix me up? And I said, Sure, Ryan. And in about 24 hours, he was better. The best home medicine for you to start out with is garlic. It's an amazing natural antibiotic, and I can show you how to use garlic to handle ear infections, sore throats, colds, and flus. As a way for you to get to know a little bit more about me and the Grow Network, I've written up an easy introduction on how to use garlic. It's at gcnwellness.com. Now, the station manager told me that I needed to say the URL at least twice, even though it feels kind of weird. But if you're interested in backyard self-reliance, you are one of us. Go to www.gcnwellness.com and let's connect up. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. 
If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So, Peter, in short, you have a pretty conventional setup there, Bluetooth speakers, whatever, of speakers strewn throughout your home. And You're not stuck with a speaker system that's, that's tied ball and chain into Apple's ecosystem. That's right. Yeah. You know, it, it, like I said, frictionless. It, it, I, I don't want my speakers to get in the way of my listening to music or my streaming content to them. I just want them to play audio. So um, the, the HomePod does not fix a problem that I have. If I were completely immersed in Apple Music and and iTunes, then I could say, yeah, great. Now I would love a HomePod, but um, my my tastes run a little bit more esoteric and a little bit more complicated than that. So the HomePod ain't for me. I don't want to denigrate the HomePod. The HomePod. I think it is a fantastic piece of engineering and an amazingly good for the money speaker. I just wish that it were just a speaker, and it's it it's not. You know, Apple doesn't have any secondary input method for this thing, right? You can't hook up a um, a, a speaker cable to it and connect it to uh, another device that might not be an Apple device. You can't. Um, can, it's got no RCA jacks. It's, it's not Bluetooth discoverable. You know, it, it's it's Apple's way or the highway, buddy. And uh, I'm just I'm not interested in that right now. I think it's gotten a lot more attention than it deserved. I think Apple has a good concept there, but I'm troubled by a few things I read about it in terms of sound. And that is the conclusion by a number of people that's somewhat on the bassy side, kind of like Beats headphones. And I think if Apple is going to do all these great things like being able to auto-configure itself for a room, it shouldn't editorialize the sound. You should be able to say, Siri, if that's what it's going to be, Give me less audio. It should be opened up to a wider spectrum. I mean, if you have Apple Music, you can get an Android version. You're not forced to be part of Apple's ecosystem to have Apple Music. And I think with HomePod, I understand what they're trying to do. They're just basically trying to take the Echo and these Google systems, these smart, quote-unquote, speaker systems, and try to give them good audio, but they've got you so locked in. They limit the ability to EQ, unless you have something like iTunes or something. You can't just say, Siri, give me less space or more treble or something. They've done things there where they've taken something with a lot of possibilities, and I think they've crippled the device. I think, however, almost anything that's wrong with it could be fixed in software, don't you think? Oh, I think a lot can be fixed in software. Obviously, software isn't going to make RCA jacks grow out of it, but yeah, a lot of the things that could be fixed in software, sure. Sure. Well, for example, it's not Bluetooth discoverable. Is that hardware or software? Can they do it in the firmware? If it's got Bluetooth in there already, can it just be a Bluetooth speaker? That's a question I can't answer. I don't know enough about the guts of it to, to, to know whether or not that can be done. So. so I think I agree with you here. The HomePod is not on my list to buy. Not whether or not I have $349 I want to waste. It's because Apple's approach doesn't appeal to me. I don't know what its future is. I heard some early reports on sales saying there aren't really great shakes. People are buying lots of AirPods, and it's still backordered, but the HomePod is not flying off the shelves. Of course, it, it means it's a bigger, bigger investment. But the question I have here is, we think of Amazon Echo as hugely successful, but the past five checked sales, they're not great shakes either, really. 
tons of people aren't buying Amazon Echoes for their home. I mean, they're doing licensing and things like, now, what is it? Dish Network supports it. The Vizio TV, even though it supports Google, Google Chromecast, will let you use Alexa. So they are expanding their licensing. But even in general, what do you need Amazon Echo for to tell Alexa that you want to buy something from Amazon or you want to buy some groceries from Whole Foods and have it ship within two hours on Prime whatever, Prime Pantry? I've lost track very, of all the Prime few stuff. Actually, very few people use their Amazon Echoes or Echo Dots to actually order things. My experience with it, I've had one for about a year and a half now, is I mainly use it to check the news and to get a weather report when I first uh, get up and, and some other stuff. But, you know, I, I don't I don't really use it for much beyond that. So I think Amazon's even overplayed uh uh, its usability in, in those terms, for sure. You know, we've heard a couple of horror stories about kids ordering stuff and parrots having stuff delivered to their house and so on. But um, I think that those are real outliers. Polly wants two deep dish pizzas from Little Caesars. Hey, cool. Yeah, I as I said, it's one of these things where you have products in search of a purpose. And as I said, up till like last Christmas, the number of sales of the Amazon Echo were estimated at 14 million over three years. Now, if Apple sold 14 million of anything in three years, it'd be a monumental failure. If Apple sold a billion dollars worth of a product in every year or every quarter, like Max, it would be a huge failure. But if it's a surface, oh, it's tremendously successful. 14 million in three years for Amazon, successful. I don't know what they sold the last quarter. I guess at $30, it's one of those things where you can, ah, it's no big deal. I'll play with it. Or I'll give it to somebody for the holidays, let them figure it out. But I think it's one of those products where you take it, you turn it on, you play with it for a while, and you stick it in the drawer, and that's it. I don't see a sustainable use for it. Now, maybe when more and more people have connected homes, they want voice recognition, all this stuff, kind of what Apple's trying to do with HomeKit. I think when more and more people have things like that, They'll do it. But why do I need a speaker system if I already have Siri on my iPhone? Yeah, you can make that case for sure. I think you see that quite often here. Oh, uh, as of last fall, they were saying that Amazon had sold 20 million Alexa devices as of October of last year. So maybe it's, what, 22 million now? They said they sold, but I don't see a final sales figure here. At all. I don't see how many fails figures. They just said 20 million as of October, November. We assume a few more million. Maybe it's 25 million now over, what, three, four years? Is that a lot? I don't know. That's the Amazon Echo and the HomePod. And I don't know. <laughs> what can I say? So we're going to drop that. I'm not going to buy one. You have, you say, an Amazon Echo and you use it for some limited purposes. That's why I use Siri for, by the way, setting alarms. 99% of the purposes I use Siri for are alarms, except sometimes in my car, I don't want to figure out how I go back somewhere. I say, Siri, take me home. And Apple Maps will figure a way to get me home. And usually it's close. I think Apple Maps is much better now. That's it. I just wonder why here people are just so desperate to make these things into compelling consumer products. 
smart speakers as it were smart speakers i think that um there are some very specialized verticals where smart speakers work out really well. You know, for example, accessibility. If you are um, uh, physically limited in some way, having a device that you can talk to in in plain language can make a, a huge difference for a person. We'll continue that in our next segment with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST33 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. To see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text BEST33 to 443-443. With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, text BEST33 to 443-443. That's B-E-S-T-33 to 443-443. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. 
But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Special reminder, folks, we have a special version of the show, speaking of being special. If you're tired of listening to all the network ads, we have a way to get rid of them without fast forward. Join Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. We offer a version free of the network ads, better quality audio for prices starting at just $1.49 a week, cheaper than the Circle K coffee, even a small one, plus.technightowl.com. We have Peter Cohen. We're kind of wondering here if there is really a legitimate market for a so-called smart speaker. And then he mentioned vertical markets like someone who's handicapped. Somebody disabled, they need a smart speaker that can perform tasks for them. That makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of really specific reasons why you'd have something like that. And I think in that case, it makes a lot of sense for these products. Not general consumer products, but for people who really need them. Maybe, you know, when more and more people have connected homes. Yeah, that- and that's, that's another thing. You know, I mean, connected homes, we've been hearing about connected homes for nigh on a decade now. That's still happening and kind of fits and starts. But I don't think that there's anything wrong with normalizing the idea of talking to a smart assistant like, you know, a Siri or a a Google or Alexa or Cortana, you know, from Microsoft or or what have you. Um, I I don't think that that it's a bad idea to to bridge that gap. Um, But it just – it feels so much right now like it's still a solution in search of a problem as opposed to something that is making my life demonstrably better. And I think that that's my biggest problem with whatever device you're looking at, whether it's HomePod or something else, is that, yeah, uh, talking to Siri is great and, and can come in really handy, but all of the problems that this fixes are – um, dare I say, hashtag first world problems. They're not real fundamental issues that affect the quality of my life. Being able to turn on my lights by saying, hey, Siri, turn on my lights is nice, but and, and like I said, if, if I if I had mobility issues, it would be a completely different story. Then it actually would be demonstrably making my life better. But for normal able-bodied folk, I don't necessarily think that these any of these devices are offering, at least right now, compelling reasons uh, for us to own them that would actually demonstrably improve the quality of our lives. They're they're luxuries. 
I don't, for example, even worry about automatic lights, room lights, so you can just say, turn on the lights, turn them up, push the button, let's, you know, go back to being old fashioned. What's so hard about going to the washing machine and pulling a knob? What's so hard about pushing a button to get the dryer on? What's so hard about, you know, putting something in the freezer or making a minor setting change to your refrigerator? I mean, it's not being old fashioned. I think some things are just absurd. We like the home where it's like the science fiction movies where you tell something to the personal assistant and it does everything in your home. Okay, set the thermostat temperature at 76 degrees year-round, or, you know, when I'm not home, make it warmer in the summer and cooler in the winter, whatever, to save electricity, because I don't have the solar panels because they increase the tariffs on them, or whatever it is. The thing here is, I can see purposes for that, for the well-connected home. I just think it's still not there yet. And I think that's also the difference between Apple and other companies, which is Apple comes out with something when it can really do some good, not just oh, yeah, as an experiment. And I think HomePod, they may have been forced into doing HomePod because the market could get away from them before it gains traction. And, you know, maybe too many people will have Amazon Echoes and be so tied into that ecosystem that Apple will lose it. But if entering it this way provides them positioning to further... E- improve the product and make it more useful in the future, maybe that's it. But I think today Apple didn't have to produce a HomePod. I think they had to because of the state of the market. I don't think that they had to because of the state of the market. I think Apple produced the HomePod because they wanted to produce the HomePod. I don't think that Apple feels a lot of market pressure to do much of anything. Apple's the biggest consumer electronics company in the world and actually one of the biggest companies in the world, period. Apple doesn't get a lot of pressure from anybody to do much of anything except make more money. And HomePod is obviously going to be accretive to their bottom line, but it's going to be a rounding error for a very long time within their products. Why? Because who buys a $400 speaker? It's not a real problem that people are having. But let's differentiate that from this other thing, which is, you know, Apple trying to solve real problems with it. HomePod doesn't solve any real problems for anybody. Apple, it certainly gives Apple an an entree into the smart speaker space, and it gives Apple a very clever way of differentiating itself within that space by having this very high quality audio experience. Um, and they're certainly putting a lot of mu- muscle, a marketing muscle to it. The FKA Twigs um, ad that they've got is amazing. I've watched it like three, I've watched a long form version of it three times now, just because I really like the music and I love the visuals. And uh, her dancing is fantastic too. But you know, marketing pizzazz aside. Like I said, HomePod doesn't fix a problem for me, but I, I don't buy this idea that, that Apple had to release the HomePod because of the great pressure that smartphones were around for years before Apple released the iPhone. Apple changed everything after it released the iPhone. Tablets were around for years. I mean, I, my entire career at Macworld happened between the time I saw a first tablet at an IT job I was at before I was at Macworld, and then the release of the iPod in 2000 and what was it, nine, right? The, you know, the iPad was like 2010. Tablets yeah, were shown the next great thing. Apple probably entered an area 
of smart speakers where it had the difference, which is the audio and the ability to auto configure itself. And that itself could bring out a whole generation of products that do not have to be smart speakers. People who want audio and to be able to just take a speaker system and set it up without configuration, just turn it on and it's at its optimal. That's a pretty good thing, even if you forget the smart speakers. Yeah, true. And what, that's what I'm saying is forget the smart speakers for now. Just get yourself a decent audio system and don't worry about it. You want to talk to Siri? Pick up your phone and say hi, Siri. And as it turns out, HomePod, whatever it is, whether successful in the first generation or not, and they didn't sell that many Apple Watches first six months either, it can lead to a lot of interesting ideas. And then later on, Apple could improve the recognition and everything else. Everything about the HomePod that's significant to anyone can be fixed or changed in a software update. They can improve the sonic balance to be less bassy. They can give you more options. They can improve the recognition from Siri so it can get better. Does it reach a point where this generation becomes the X factor for a lot of people? I don't know. I mean, the Apple Watch apparently has now become a pretty big thing. It's the number one wearable on the planet. Everyone else who's tried to do smartwatches has failed miserably. They've crashed and burned. Based on estimates, they're selling more Apple Watches than Fitbits now, and Fitbits are a fraction of the price. So Apple has found an area where the fitness thing works perfectly. You heard the story, Peter, where United Healthcare is offering credits towards buying an Apple Watch as part of their motion fitness program. If you meet certain fitness standards, you get up to $4 a day towards your Apple Watch. You can buy like two a year or something like that. Yeah, it's interesting because they're not the first company to do this. Um, you know, several other healthcare um, and health insurance providers have in- tried to incent their users, their customers uh, to, to get uh, fit using Apple Watches. I think it's a great idea. It, but th- that's obviously not where the bulk of this market movement is coming from. It's from people just walking into the Apple store and going, yeah, I want an Apple Watch. You know, we got more to come with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA Pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. That's so interesting with the Apple Watch. It's reached the point where the masses really have them. I think they estimated, what, 17, 18 million sales last year. Third year of the Apple Watch. They sold 20 million iPhones in its third year. And I'm not going to say that the Apple Watch will grow as fast, but it did grow over 50% based on different industry estimates. But I see more and more people that I would assume don't get paid a whole lot of money, like a cashier in a convenience store. And several of them I know, and they're just nice, lovely people, and they're really working hard 
to make a living in this very crazy, foolish society of ours. Apple Watches. I see more and more of them around, not in the hands of people who like expensive tech toys, but just anyone. And that's where Apple has made a difference. And the fitness angle is where they seized on something that really appeals to people. As you say, you know, insurance companies may provide them as a special premium or something with one of their programs. Also, John Hancock, Aetna, and a couple of others. And that's another way for Apple to make an entry into fitness. I think fitness is really important to them. And I think part of that is Tim Cook is very heavy into fitness. And I think that was the big magic bullet with the Apple Watch there. Once they made full bore into fitness, adding more and more features, making it more and more independent, offering them at starting prices that aren't that expensive, I think that made a huge difference. And I don't think it's going to replace the iPhone in terms of popularity, but you're going to see tens of millions of them out there soon. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Tim's connection to fitness, no question that that I think that that gives him, at the very least, a unique insight as to what these things are trying to do. But obviously, fitness just in general is a huge market. Apple is, has, has really come in and cleaned up the fitness wearable market with the Apple Watch because it can do so much aside. What amazes me about the sales of the Apple Watch, the purported sales of the Apple Watch, anyway, because Apple's keeping its cards close to its vest, this is a device that's fundamentally useless unless you already have an iPhone. So Apple is selling the Apple Watch to a very specific subset of customers. You know, it's, it's customers who already have an iPhone. And obviously, you know, the, the third generation uh, Apple Watch with, you know, integrated is cell phone or cell radio is, is kind of a different creature. But still, fundamentally, the Apple Watch is an accessory for the iPhone. It's funny because when, when I talk to people who aren't familiar with the Apple Watch, they see me wearing one. They, they ask me a few questions. This comes up and, you know, my first qualifying question for them is, do you own an iPhone? And if they say, no, I'm using an Android phone, I'm like, uh, well, you know, there are Android gear devices that you can look at, but don't even bother with an Apple Watch because it's really kind of useless for you. So it just interests me that it has managed to make this major, major disruption, not only in the fitness wearables market, but in the watch market. Apple is selling a lot more watches, Apple watches, than a lot of watchmakers do. That tells you um, just how much market movement capacity iPhone users have. Uh, when they're incented to get something that makes their the use of their device better. And remember, there are hundreds of millions of people with iPhones. We forget that. You know, we think, well, they've got billions of Android devices. Yes, they do. But hundreds of millions of any ecosystem is a huge number. And it creates incredible possibilities for an Apple Watch. Based on what it is, what it does, how it does it, it will never not be integrate into Apple's ecosystem. What will happen is it will become more independent of the iPhone, but it will never be freed. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, absolutely. But I could see a point where Apple says 100 million Apple Watches and people will turn around and realize there is no smartwatch market. There's only an Apple Watch. It's like the days of the iPod. You see, now what they do with Smartwatches, they group it together with wearables. So anything you stick on your wrist that monitors something is a wearable. The most basic thing, it's measuring your pulse, whatever it does, it's a wearable. Obviously, Apple Watch does a heck of a lot more. But there is no smartwatch. Galaxy Gear, Android Wear. Where are they? Uh, Android you know, Wear. They sell six of them. Nobody buys them. It's like the iPod in the old days. You want a music player, it was an iPod. Even nowadays, 
the iPhone is still a generic term, even though Apple has, you know, less than 20% of the market. But for any individual market, which people seem to forget, Apple sells more. Apple sells a lot more iPhones than Samsung sells Galaxies. It's just that Samsung sells lots of low-end crap. And even the last quarter, by the way, Apple sold more than Samsung. So, you know, people are wondering, what is Apple's successor to the iPhone? Well, you know, what? Apple Watch is not bad. People still buying Macs. iPad sales are up again. And we forget a few things about Macs, too. Do you see the incredible penetration Apple is making into the enterprise? You know, first with IBM, Delta Airlines, Walmart. HP is selling on a subscription basis Macs, iPhones, iPads. Go to HP and buy yourself a Mac. Yeah, it's an interesting turnabout. And I mean, it, you know, it's it, it's been an open secret for many, many years that, uh, you know, the cost of, of, of maintaining Macs in an enterprise setting is lower than um, the, the cost of, of maintaining Windows PCs. For a very long time, the friction that was created was, you know, Apple's relative lack of integration, you know, some of the, the, the protocols and, and, and processes that IT people use. But that, that line has really been, I wouldn't say erased, but reduced. With, with the OS X migration, Apple did a lot of industry standard connectivity. I mean, they added boot camp to Intel Macs because they expect it to be a Windows PC that integrates into a traditional Windows environment or with virtual machines. But I think a lot of it is when the iPhone came along and the iPad and people started using MacBook Pros, the boss comes in there and says to the IT people, hook it up. And Apple would announce at every one of these quarterly conference calls, well, we've got 95% of all Fortune 500 companies either deploying or testing iPads and iPhones. Now, that had to lead to something after a while. You know, that obviously made the thing. And then we see IBM telling us what we all knew about Macs. They're hundreds of dollars cheaper to maintain. And they're getting tens of thousands of people are buying Macs. And HP, which doesn't make a lot of money from PCs, by the way. I bet HP makes more money from selling you a Mac on a subscription basis to your office, to your business, than they do on if you buy an HP computer. It's money to them. It's services. What do they care what it is? I mean, HP and Apple have worked together over the years anyway. It's not anything unusual. That's true. Yeah, you could buy an HP iPod for a while. You know, a lot of people use Macs would get an HP display or they get an HP scanner, an HP printer. And that was no big deal. They always made them compatible with Macs. So now, you know, I think HP learns something from IBM's experience. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dell does the same thing. Dell's, okay, you want to buy a Mac? We'll, we'll sell you a Mac. No big deal. It's, it's, it's money in my pocket. Who cares? Hey, Peter Cohen, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. You can find my stuff online at www.peter-cohen, and my last name is spelled C-O-H-E-N.com. All right. You can also find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Owl. We have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. It's called The Paracast. And we'll talk this week on The Paracast at Paracast.com with Robert Schroeder. And he's going to talk about advanced propulsion systems. Okay? Advanced propulsion systems. Solving the UFO enigma. How modern physics is revealing the technology of UFOs. That's the book he wrote. And part of it is about advanced 
propulsion systems, things that maybe even SpaceX is looking at now, but we're looking at the UFO angle at Paracast.com. And by the way, please don't forget Tech Night Owl Plus. Tech Night Owl Plus is a way for you to get a version of the show free of the network ads. And it only costs you as little as $1.49 a week or $4.99 a month. And the way it works is we make available to you a version of this show without network ads, better quality audio. And if you want to find out more, go to plus.technighthow.com. That's plus.technighthow.com. And once again, it starts at $1.49 a week, our price cheap. Now, my friend Peter Cohen is not probably going to get his next Mac on a subscription basis from HP. Or maybe he will. If it becomes part of a big business, he might. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you, as always, for having me, Gene. I'll talk to you soon, man. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.